Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. everybody how you doing yeah well that's good my name is bill Matz. welcome to phly flyers post game i'm your director of fun and games for the evening ah well at least we got that one out of the way right everyone can enjoy their uh can enjoy their black friday with the uh it's not yet quite four o'clock in the afternoon and you now have no worries about having to spend the rest of the day with the Philadelphia Flyers, uh, they ultimately lose to the New York Rangers. That is now two straight regulation losses. And that's just my first takeaway. Uh, that's just my first takeaway for this game is this is what it's going to be this year. Uh, it's going to be, you know how Charlie and I, uh, we always said on Broad Street Hockey as well, like goal scores are streaky. This is just going to be a streaky team. When they're on, they're going to look good. And when they're not, eh. And ultimately, I think it's going to come out. It's going to come out to be a 500 team. That's just really what they look like right now. Remember, you know, they started 3-1-0. We were all saying, oh, maybe there's something a little little more to this team. Then they go through a 2-6-1 stretch. It's like, all right, this is kind of what we expected. They're actually bad. Now they have won. Then they go on to win five in a row. Well, that has ended, and now they've lost two straight. I just see this as this is who they're going to be. It's just this is what the Flyers are while they're rebuilding, while they're trying to really nail down their identity, while everybody is kind of growing into their roles. That's who... That's who this team is. Now, should we just accept that and go, oh, well, yeah, I guess that's just what's gonna, what it's going to be? Absolutely not. No. Uh, and the way, the reason I say that is the team's identity, the culture they're trying to build is be competitive every single game. They're trying to, okay, yes, we're rebuilding, but we are not tanking. We're trying to go out and win. This team was in a playoff spot just a couple of days ago. They've been right on that borderline. You know, they're coming off the five game winning streak. And I think we should be judging them as 
we should be judging them based on what they've told us they are. And what they've told us they are is the team that's going to go out and outwork you every single night. Uh, they're going to work their asses off. That's going to be their thing. Well, there is a pattern developing with this team. Uh, we saw it just the other, what was it, Wednesday night on Thanksgiving Eve against the Islanders, where the game was basically decided in the first 10 minutes of the first period. We see the Flyers starting slow once again, and that just cannot be. Not in a home game, not against a division rival, uh, one of the best teams in the conference, the leaders in the division. Uh, it, it's the it's Rangers-Flyers, man. You're at home. I, I don't know what else you need in this one to get you going early, but I do know we can't blame Claude Giroux's leadership anymore. You know, he's been gone quite a while. We can't blame Dave Hackstall anymore. He's been gone quite a while. Whatever it is, this team comes out slowly to start games. I know they've had good statistics in the first period to this point. Uh, they've, you know, just the other night we were talking, oh, well, you know, when they score first, they win. They're now... Uh, What's it? Oh, and oh, oh, six and oh, uh, when they are trailing after the first period this season. And I, I know like they've scored a ton of first period goals and they've done well that way. But if you're just watching this team, there has been a lot of, you know, first half of the first period. Carter Hart or whoever the goaltender is, he kind of buoys them. He gives them a chance to stay in the game, doesn't give up a goal, and then the Flyers get one, and then that kind of wakes them up, and they play well from there in the first period. But the actual start of the game, it's it's been slow. It hasn't been great. And it's starting to catch up to them. Uh, I know they're going to go on another winning streak at some point. Uh, my guess is it'll be... Well, they usually do very poorly on the Disney on Ice road trip between Christmas and, uh, and New Year's. So they'll probably win like all of those games this year, quite honestly. But I, as much as I do want to say, yeah, this team's just... They're going to be inconsistent this way. Uh, the wins and losses, inconsistency, I can understand. The effort level, I, uh, I cannot understand. And I can't just go, oh, well, you know, this is who they are. No. If, you're, if your calling card is going to be, we're the hardworking, grinded out team. It's never going to be easy to play against us. You can't come out the way they have the last couple of nights. You definitely can't do it against division opponents. And this is what, the second of eight straight games against Metro division teams. So the level of competition, the uh, familiarity with their opponents, it's not going anywhere. Like it's going to be teams that uh, their opponents coming up. It's all going to be teams that know each other. You're not going to catch anyone by surprise. You're just going to have to go out and play your game and try to impose your will. The Flyers were completely unable to do that to start today's game. Uh, let's take a quick time. Yeah, let's do it here. Take a quick time out. Tell you about my friends over at Hero Bread. Listen, I, uh, I think this time of year we could all use little help making some better decisions. I know my decision-making last night in terms of uh, how many plates I was going to clear wasn't great. Uh, it's like as my wife sitting next to me. She's like, oh, I'm so full. I was like, yeah, me too. I ain't stopping, though. Uh, and that's just kind of what happens. You know, we've got football every Sunday, tons of hockey games every night, holiday parties, obviously now Thanksgiving leftovers. That's what happens this time of year. I'm going to be taking in a lot of calories, specifically a lot of carbs, 
And that's where Hero Bread comes in. Uh, Hero makes sliced breads, buns, and tortillas that are available on Hero.co as well as Amazon. All of their products have hit the spot for me because this bread, this bread is soft, fluffy, and delicious. And right now, Hero Bread is offering the PHLY fam 10% off their first order. Just go to Hero.co and use our code PHLY to save on Hero Bread today. That's Hero.co. H-E-R-O dot C-O to save 10% today. Maybe you're thinking, ooh, I need some, uh, I need turkey sandwich, man. Got to hit them leftovers hard. I feel you. You also probably have a ton of leftover side dishes. And what are Thanksgiving side dishes? Carbs, man. It's, it's heavy. It's hard to, uh, hard to get it all down. Hard to remain any sort of healthy. Uh, hard to have that good decision making when there's that you know, elite tier food out there, you know, whether it's the, uh, the corn casserole that I love, uh, mac and cheese, whatever your side dishes might be, try to offset it a little. Use hero bread for that turkey sandwich. Why not? You know, just micro decisions. That's what it comes down to. Um, speaking of decision making, that's not really my, uh, that's not really my segue here, but it's, we're, we're going to go with it. Um, I no longer need to see and I like the very next game is the Islanders who have a fourth line of dudes who can all fight. So there's zero chance Nick Delorier is coming out of the lineup, especially you know with tomorrow's game against a team that can that can throw down a little bit, a heavy team like the Isles. But I no longer accept any explanation for Nick Delorier and his purpose in this lineup. Uh, he is following Truba around the ice today. Jacob Truba just trying to get him to fight in the first period. Truba won't do it. And with Delorier, one of the quote-unquote most feared enforcers in this league, hanging on to his jersey, Jacob Truba puts his shoulder down and flat-out fucking demolishes Garnett Hathaway. Nick Delorier's response to that was to do nothing except push him a couple of times. And then Hathaway ended up getting up and fighting someone else entirely. Later in this same first period today, Garnett Hathaway lays a nice big hit on a New York Ranger. And what happens? Without hesitation, another Rangers teammate comes over, has his gloves off, and is ready to fight right away Hathaway that's two fights for him he couldn't fight again or he'd get tossed and the Rangers were taking full advantage of that they kept trying to go to Minda one good on him for not getting tossed but at the end of the day it's Garnett Hathaway like who cares uh but Nick Delorier did absolutely nothing to stop Jacob Truba from pushing around one of his guys and he did absolutely nothing after the fact to avenge the big hit that he laid on his teammate and then you see the response from non-heavyweight in, uh, in the Rangers' response after Hathaway laid a hit himself. I'm done with it. I am done pretending that having, having Nick Delorier in this lineup serves any purpose or keeps anyone safer than, than anyone else in the entire league. Like, it's just the players can believe it all they want. You know, if the players believe the earth is flat, you don't have to dignify that either. Like, okay, but you're wrong. So I don't know what to tell you. Oh, well, we feel safer with Delorier out there. Well, the facts show you're not. 
So there's just absolutely no purpose in having him in this lineup, especially in the staple role that he's in, where it's he's basically the same as Sean Couturier. The decision-making with Nick Delorier, fourth-line left winger, is the same as their best player. Like, oh, well, obviously he's going to be in the lineup. Why? I ask you why. In a game in which there were two fights in the first period, he didn't participate in either of them. Uh, and he was directly involved in the play that led up to the first one, and he did nothing. I just will – I refuse to acknowledge the idea that this team needs Delorier in it to keep anyone – to keep anyone any sort of protected because it was very, very clear – no one had any protection out there with one of like Jacob Truba is the guy. That's the guy you say, okay, well, you know, our young guys, maybe they have their head down. We don't want them getting caught by Jacob Truba because he hands out concussions. Uh, he hands out concussions like candy. This is true. If there was a deterrent factor, you would expect to see it today. There was none. It is absolutely freaking pointless. I do, however, have to uh, commend Garnett Hathaway's effort today. One of the few guys who stood out positively whatsoever uh, just for his effort level. He has the couple of fights. He was in on the forecheck. Uh, he was making things happen. He was being a pest. He is an absolutely entertaining player to watch. Uh, and he was today in a game where the Flyers didn't give you, despite the shot total, whatever it ended up being, I know the Flyers were credited with a ton more shots on goal than uh, than the Rangers had. I would I would suspect that the expected goal ratio here was not nearly as lopsided as the raw shot total. Just uh, it didn't seem like a ton of dangerous shots. The Flyers had a bunch of power plays, didn't really get much going on them. Uh, there was one, one specific instance where <laughs> a Ranger, the, the top defender on the Rangers penalty kill, loses his stick, and the Flyers use that opportunity now with what is basically a five on three and a half to set up a one-timer from the top of the hash marks on the outside right side. It was just, their power play is beyond dreadful and we know this, but it was just, you didn't get a ton from the Flyers today. I was not impressed with the effort, was not impressed with, uh, just their drive to kind of get to the net, uh, make life hard on the Rangers. I didn't think this was a difficult game for the Rangers to play. Like if they had to, if they have to go play tomorrow in a back-to-back -back like the Flyers do, I would bet the Rangers because I don't think that they're uh, there's they're too worn down by this one. Uh, despite you know the lopsided shot total and what you think, maybe oh man, they must have been chasing the game the entire time. No. Most of the flyer shots came from the outside. A great majority of them were not dangerous at all. When they did try to get the puck into the slot, the Rangers defended it very well, blocked a lot of shots, good D-zone coverage. That's, uh, that is something I'd like to point out, as much as I am disappointed in what the, uh, in what the Flyers did today on the ice. It, they weren't great. They weren't good, even. Um, <laughs> I will say... The Rangers are a legitimate Stanley Cup contender. They are several tiers ahead of the Flyers in terms of what you should expect from them by the end of this season. We're all happy. I mean, some of us aren't happy, but we're all so pleasantly surprised, I guess, by uh, 
oh man, the Flyers, they might be closer to mediocre than really, really bad. You know, they're, they're going to end up like 500. The Rangers are leading this division and doing so by, uh, they have a five point lead in the division already. And the, the team they're the team that's closest to them in the division race, Washington, I don't expect to be as good as they've been lately. So the Rangers look like the class of the division right now. He's still waiting for like Carolina to kind of get its goaltending and everything under control. I'm sure that by the end of the year, they'll be right there with the Rangers. But so often we just judge a game on, well, the Flyers did this and they didn't do that. I do think every now and then we have to look at the opponent and go like, well, they're much, much better. Uh, we'll figure this out. Uh, I have all the confidence in the world that Bree will be able to figure this out. But uh, while we're doing that, let me tell you about our partners over at Game Time. Listen, buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you with killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Game Time is the place for last-minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, Baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. And the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. So snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code PHLY for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code PHLY for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed all right we're gonna try again here with charlie let's see if we have him this time our uh, our volume is cranked charlie o'connor you're joining us how are you uh i will say oh wait a minute. we might, might have it now we got him yeah we got charlie hey all right it's charlie I'm, so uh, i'm being heard i'm happy how's it yeah, going I'm, I'm happy to hear from you my friend uh welcome to this uh, joyous Black Friday post-game show. Love when the Wells Fargo Center gets taken over by Rangers fans and the Flyers don't show up. Uh, would you say, we discussed this on Wednesday, the, uh, the first 10 minutes kind of decided the game against the Islanders. The Flyers steadied it after they, the deluge early on, but would you say the, the effort in the beginning of this game is kind of the difference here? Well, I don't think it was just in the beginning of the game. Um, and I think it was telling like John Tortorella had a classic John Tortorella post game press conference where he just didn't want to talk about anything. Um, the first I think it's probably the first one of this year, but we've certainly had a few since he's been the head coach of the Flyers where he just wanted to get the hell out of Dodge and not talk to the media. But the one thing that he did say that I thought was very interesting and was telling in terms of what he identified as the big problem was he said, which I 100 percent agree that the biggest problem today was the amount of odd man rushes they allow that I a hundred percent agree with. That was obvious just watching the game, but here was the key. Here was the key. He did not say, he made sure to make it clear that he did not pin any of that on the defense for him. It was all on the forwards and their inability to back check and track the way that he demands the forwards do it. So in his mind, I mean, you saw a lot of people on social media yelling at like Travis Sanheim. Now granted on the one turnover, that's all on him. Well, but there were yeah. other plays where, yeah, where he's he's pinching up in the neutral zone and then comes back, and that's not a play where 
John Torrell blames on him. That's a play where he says, no, the forwards need to be getting back harder. You saw it. It was on that third goal, the the second Zivanejad goal, where um, Owen Tippett doesn't see the ice for like the next 10 minutes because he's clearly the guy who he identified as needed to be back checking harder. So when you talk about effort, like I, I do think effort was a problem. Not that they didn't try. They certainly had a bunch of high energy shifts. I don't think they they gave up. I don't think they mailed it in in this game. But I think in key moments from a few guys on key plays, they did not back check as hard as they should have. And the Rangers are a good enough team that they'll make you pay on those few occasions. If there's a lapse, they have the talent to make you pay. And that's exactly what they made the Flyers do today. That's The odd man rushes that they were giving up were... Like, okay, sometimes that's going to happen when all your forwards are low in the zone. It's a really good shift where you're just getting a cycle going. Suddenly there's a turnover and you get beat the other way. That's going to happen. Like, there are times where it's like, all right, that's just what happens. The odd man rushes they were giving up tonight, it's just a breakout pass from low in the zone where all of a sudden everyone, everyone on the Rangers was behind everyone, but one guy on the flyers. It was unbelievable to me that they just weren't able to turn around and get going the other way. Uh, The Rangers speed, certainly uh, a level above the flyers. The flyers are not a a team on the same tier as the Rangers, but like uh, when you're giving up that many odd man rushes, you're not going to win. So absolutely. Um, But that said, I'm looking at this team and the the pattern the season has taken. Started out 3-1 and 0. Then they go on a 2-6 and 1 stretch. Then they win 5 straight. Now it's two in a row where they don't come out that great and they've lost both in regulation. Is this ultimately just what they're going to be? Like this is the this is exactly what a 500 team looks like. They're good for a week and a half, they're bad for a week and a half. Is that just what we're looking at? Honestly, yeah. Probably like they're they're clearly not as bad as we feared and or hoped, depending upon what your (laughs) goal was entering this season. They're not that bad. They're going to win games. They're going to have a decent underlying process like even today. You know, yeah, they they didn't deserve to win this game. This was an earned outcome for them. They still outshot the Rangers 37 to 19. Like it wasn't all bad. They got chances. They got shots. This isn't a terrible team. However, it's also not a good team. Like it's it's a team that is going to zigzag. They're going to have good runs. They're going to have bad runs. They're just they're they're too young in key places. They don't have enough talent in other places. Like today, and granted, part of this is because Morgan Frost wasn't in the lineup. But look, Morgan Frost ain't a two C either. Like three of their four centers are Scott Lawton, Noah Cates, and Ryan Paling. Like that's a team that doesn't have enough talent. So you probably can't. This win is a that team way. that is. Yeah, like this is a team that is better than we maybe thought going into the year, but they're also not as good as we maybe wondered if they could have been last week when they won five straight. Uh, I do want to talk about the slow starts for a second. You thought it was just overall effort throughout the game, more so in the first 10 minutes, but the Rangers really came out and kind of owned the start of this game, which to me is kind of unacceptable for the Flyers. Like, listen, are they anywhere near as good as the Rangers? Hell no. But if your calling card is going to be the team that outworks everyone, we're going to be tough to play against. Coming into our building is going to be a chore. None of that was true today. And the slow starts have kind of been a little bit of a theme. I know they've had the first period goals, but we talked on Wednesday. It's like, 
yeah, they the goalie kind of keeps them in it for the first seven, eight minutes. Maybe the Flyers get a goal, and then that wakes them up, and they take over from there. But slow starts, man, uh, we can go back however far you want. And, you know, I made the joke to you on Twitter, like, oh, yeah, slow start, time to strip the C off Drew. This is unacceptable. Like, how do you explain, how do you explain the way they've kind of come out to start games? I honestly, like, this is where we start getting into a little bit too much of the narrative uh, to my liking. Like, to me, they have slow starts because they're not that talented. And they don't have as many guys who can, in one shift, take over a shift and basically be like, hey, I'm going to do something cool and single-handedly win a shift and possibly score a goal. Like, do they have more slower starts than you would want? Sure. Ideally, you would like them to have a great start every single game. That said, I don't think they have slow starts every game. I think this week they've had two consecutive slow starts, but they've had fast starts too. You know, they went into Buffalo and they boat raced them for the first 10 minutes of that game. So it's not like they're they're having slow starts every game. It's just that they're not having fast starts every game. And, and I think it's fair to it's fair to criticize them and say, look, if you guys are going to be the hardworking team, if you guys are going to be the team that just outworks other other teams because you don't have the talent, then you damn well better be ready on that opening draw. And whether that's Garnet Hathaway running someone over or Nick Delorier dropping the gloves immediately, like, yeah, I don't care how you do it, but you got to do it. Because if it just goes back to what we've been talking about from this team from the start of the year, once they showed they weren't horrific. It's that they have inherent limitations to their roster. And if they're going to overcome those limitations and win more games than expected, it's going to be because they got to do literally everything else right. And one of those things that falls into that bucket of everything else is coming out with as much intensity as possible. Today they didn't, and they paid for it because they played against a team that's better than them. I uh, I gave you the thumbs up right there, the AOK sign, Charlie, when you mentioned Nick Delorier, because he's someone I had to bring up today. Uh, you know, a couple of games ago, uh, you know, I said I don't really understand if you know Tyson Forster's going to get boarded and like all the things that are going to go on in a game. In that game, went on. It appears as if Nick Delorier ain't protecting anybody. Well, uh, today the New York Rangers. Once again, uh, proved that no one is actually afraid of Nick Delorier out there. Now, he can beat the shit out of you, without a doubt. But I watched Nick Delorier hounding Jacob Truba, holding his jersey as Truba lowered his shoulder and flat out demolished Garnett Hathaway. Nothing happened. Garnet Hathaway got up and fought someone else as Nick Delorier just kind of made mean faces at Jacob Truba. And then I watched Garnett Hathaway lay a clean hit on somebody, and without hesitation, a New York Ranger jumped him. Gloves off, throwing punches as soon as the hit was laid. What is Nick Delorier's purpose if not exactly what we saw happen tonight, but him doing anything? Look, I mean, it's a fair point. All I've been saying from the start is that you can say that all you want. You can yell about it until you're blue in the face. The players on the team are convinced that Nick Delorier has an impact and that if Nick Delorier was not on the team, that the young players would get beat up and that their more liberties would be taken with the rest of the team. Are they right? Maybe not. Maybe even probably not. But it is a real belief in that locker room that Nick Delorier provides a, an essential 
an essential duty. He fulfills an essential role to the team. And imagine how bad it would be if Delorier wasn't on the team. That's what their response is going to be. And it's, it's an unprovable counter. Because your argument and your evidence is there. I mean, Jacob Schrubert can just ignore Nick Delorier. Tyler Pitlick can refuse to fight Nick Delorier. And then what's like, what is Nick Delorier going to do? It's a completely fair point. All I'm saying is that you talk to the players in the team and they will swear up and down that no, Nick Delorier has an impact and we are so glad he's on this team because he makes everybody feel I go back to and granted this is this is a different type of comparison because like this guy was actually a really good player. But I go back to what Claude Giroux said in the lead up to Wayne Simmons' last game with the team where Giroux said, you know, everybody can play a little bit braver because Wayne Simmons, we know he's on the bench. And I do think that Flyers players, whether they're right or wrong, do believe they can play a little bit braver with Nick Delure on the bench. Again, they might not be right. They probably aren't right, but that's what they believe. Well, they really got up in uh, Shesterkin's face today. So, yeah, clearly he's having that an impact. Oh, right. Every shot was from outside the hash marks. Um, anyway, uh, listen, Char, I understand your argument. I'm not arguing with you. It, like, I'm having an argument with someone who doesn't exist right now because, like, I, I just <laughs> – it's yeah, you can say that about a Wayne Simmons, even a Garnett Hathaway, because when they're on the ice, yep. it's not a mismatch. But like if Jacob Truba is out there, he's a good player. And if Delorier is out there, that's a loss. Like, I'm sorry, we are outmatched in this in, in, in this right now. One for one, like one is better than the other. So you can't put him out a ton. Like Wayne Simmons could play first line minutes if he needed him to at times in his career. Like at least Garnett Hathaway's like contributing a bit on the four check and stuff. I just, I know Delorier started out the season really well. I was impressed with the way he was playing. He's been uh, a net negative for me the last the last few games. I do want to talk about Hathaway, <laughs> though, because he did stick out positively for me. It's not just the two fights that he got in. Uh, he was one of the guys who was getting to the net, getting in on the forecheck, I thought, a bit. He was making his presence felt in the ways that he could. Did anyone else stand out to you? Uh, like Carter Hart made some pretty nice saves along the way. Uh, not a ton of shots for the Rangers. You look at the goal total and his save percentage is probably bad, but I thought Hart was good. Uh, beyond that, like anyone stick out to you positively at all, Charlie? Yeah, not really. I, I thought Hathaway was the big one. You know, this I, I tweeted about this on Twitter uh, with regards to to Hathaway, where you know people ask me, well, why do they go sign Hathaway? You know, he's he's a veteran. Why do they go sign him? And my answer is basically, they signed him because some people are still going to be watching this team even as they rebuild, and they wanted to get a guy who was entertaining to entertain the people who are still watching this team as they rebuild. And today. Garnet Hathaway on Black Friday on a day where a lot of people go to this game. A lot of people pay attention to this game because it's a tradition of Philadelphia. Garnet Hathaway, at the very least, put on a show. And I will I will 100% give him that. This is why they went out and they got Garnet Hathaway. I, the big thing Garnet Hathaway was doing in addition to fighting, you know, it wasn't just the fighting. He was the one guy who was regularly up in Chesterkin's grill. He was yep. he was charging the net. He he bumped into him a few times, which, which you could tell Chesterkin was getting annoyed with. He was looking for penalties. Like, I want Igor Chesterkin staring at the ref and complaining to the ref more than he's paying attention paying attention to the play. And Garnet Hathaway was doing that. So I thought Garnet Hathaway had a really good game. I thought Couture, even goal aside, I thought he was active. I thought he made some plays. I thought Joel Farabee was pretty active. But, like, neither of those guys had 
great games for them. No. They had f perfectly fine games for them. And then a bunch of other people had legitimately bad games for them. Um, you and I have both, for a lot of this season, been singing the praises of one Travis Sanheim. Um, I, I don't want to be overly critical. The dude has been playing half of the game, like half of the ice time per game for this team, basically. And he's been really good uh, for the most part. But today was not one of those days for Travis Sanheim. Uh, he has that just, I mean, if he's on offense and throws that pass into the slot, that is a hell of a setup. Uh, but unfortunately yeah, he's in the defensive zone and just throws one directly into the slot off of a face-off that ends up in the back of the net. He has a high sticking penalty. What'd you make of Travis Sanheim today? I mean, look, he had a bad game and, and I think, I think while it maybe wasn't as bad as it seemed in real time, like obviously that turnover is horrific and we'll, I'll get to that in a second. Some of the pinches though, that people pinned on Sanheim, like Tortorella made it clear that, look, no, I want Travis Sanheim pinching in the neutral zone. I want him taking risks. That's on the forwards for not bailing him out like they're supposed to. So maybe Sanheim didn't have as bad of a game as it seemed like in real time, still had a bad game. And, and I think him having a rough game like he did today, it really highlights just how important he's been. Like, this is not a good defense on paper. And one of the reasons, it's basically him and Sean Walker are like the duct tape holding this whole defense together. It's those two guys. York maybe to a lesser degree, but he's had some, he's been up and down. It's basically been Sandheim and Walker. And what we saw today is what this defense could look like when the guy who they've been using as the 26 minute a night number one has a bad game. It looks like this. They get taken to the cleaners by the New York Rangers. And it just serves as a reminder of like, oh, right, this is why we thought the Flyers were going to be real bad this year because we thought this was the Travis Sanheim we were going to get for every game of the season. Instead, yeah. it took us until game 20 to get this Travis Sanheim. But it just serves as a reminder as, as to why we were so low on this team going into the year because we never expected we were going to get this version of Travis Sanheim. Now, going back to the um, going back to that that turnover, and look, in the end, it's on Travis Anheim. You know, he's the guy at fault. He makes that dumb play. It's a terrible turnover. It was interesting, though, when we interviewed him after the game because he more or less said, and this is why, like, yes, it's on Sanheim, but I do wonder if it's a little bit on the coaches because Sanheim basically said, look, it's a bad play. I can't make that pass, but I've made that pass off a face-off tons of times this year, and it's been fine. Yes. And, like, I'm not necessarily going to stop making that pass against other teams. He's like, I need to recognize that Chris Kreider jumps on those plays. Like that is his play. And I can't, maybe can't make that pass against the Rangers, particularly against Chris Kreider. And it almost makes me think like, why weren't the coaches telling him? And maybe they were, but I didn't get that impression. And it's like, why weren't the coaches telling him in the lead up to this game? Like, hey, maybe we have to change what a little bit of what we do off of defensive zone faceoff wins because Chris Kreider thrives off those plays. So maybe it wasn't all in Santa. Maybe maybe Bradshaw and Torts deserve a little bit of criticism there too, just to give like just as that little reminder to the player in the lead up to the game, like. Hey, remember, this is Kreider. You know, don't make that that aggressive, you know, cross slot pass right off of a defensive zone faceoff win because Kreider is sitting on that route. Or at least, like, yeah, like if he's sitting on the route, like, and these are NHL players, he's got the hand eye to knock it down, but like, 
put some air under it. Do something a little bit yeah. different. But no, there have been like just trying to jog my memory. I can think of a bunch of times where he's made that pass and I go, oh, okay, so we're doing that, huh? Like just off the face off, we're going to be <laughs> aggressive, maybe throw it out in front where, you know, you're not typically instructed to do that, but they, they want this team taking risks. They want them being aggressive yeah. and that's something they do. I can think of times he's done that and it's been effective. Uh, today's just one of the times it works against you and uh, just maybe – Travis Sanheim makes that mental note. Like I can do this usually, but uh, the Rangers and specifically Kreider really freaking good. I do want to talk about the Rangers for a second, just because we always look at this through the flyers lens, you know, like, Oh, well the flyers, they didn't come out hard and they, they didn't do this. Some bad turnovers. Also, the Rangers are several, to, regardless of what you think the Flyers are, like if you think what we saw through the first 19 games is real, like you still don't think they're as good as the Rangers, I would assume. The Rangers are a yeah. legitimate Stanley Cup contender. They're one of the best teams in the conference. You know, this is a mismatch of total, like overall talent and where each team is. Yeah, I would agree. And, and look, the Rangers are a talented team especially now that, that guys like Lafreniere are starting to step up. Their defense looks strong. Um, Shesterkin's obviously Shesterkin, so like you expect him to, to finish with really strong numbers on the holes. Zibanejad's starting to score, although he always scores against the Flyers. Like Easiest way to get Mika Zibanejad out of a slump, have him play against the Philadelphia Flyers. That said, like, look, the Rangers took full advantage of the Flyers' mistakes in terms of allowing them on-man rushes. Props to them. I didn't come away from this game super impressed with the Rangers. Like, I, I'm impressed with the Rangers' talent. But I was watching that game in the third period, and the fact that they were allowing the Flyers to hang in there when the Flyers very clearly had nowhere near their A game. Like, if if the Philadelphia Flyers, and I know they wouldn't be the Philadelphia Flyers if you could say this about them, but if the Philadelphia Flyers had a halfway functional power play, this game maybe goes into overtime. It's just they're the Flyers, and their power play is god-awful. But, like, the Rangers kept the Flyers in this game. The Flyers just at every moment were like, nah, we're good. But I didn't think the Rangers played incredibly. I just thought the Flyers didn't play well. Yeah, uh, <laughs> 0 for 6 on the power play. They did get 13 shots on goal in that time, but they were, like— I was very frustrated with some of the some of the choices I saw yeah. being made out there today. There was one power play specifically where the defender up top for the Rangers loses his stick. So the Flyers set up a one-timer from the top of the circle outside. Like, all right, that's that's probably that's probably not with zero traffic in front. That's probably not going to be the I mean, if you call him a top three goalie, it might be an insult, you know, <laughs> like yeah. one of the best yeah. goalies in the league right now. It just wasn't. I'm just unhappy with what I saw out of the Flyers more than anything today. And, you know, I'm just unhappy when they play early games because I don't like to get out of bed and stuff, Charlie. Uh, but I don't like to leave my house <laughs> in the afternoon. I just expected a little more out of them in terms of like a bounce back effort after the Islanders game. Now, they do end up out shooting the Rangers. Uh, what was it? 37-19. But I thought this was a tremendous case of the box score does not tell the story. I do think the Rangers could have done a lot more to put this game away. Like you said, like they're what they did in the third. I was like, Oh really? You're, 
Like this is going to come down to a net pull. It should be four or five, one probably, but yep. I, it was, I did. I just didn't think the flyers were the least bit good today. Yeah. Yeah. And going back to the power play for a second, you mentioned that one play that stuck out to you. To me, the, the play that, that I'm going to cite in my article that I'll be writing on this game in the next couple hours. And again, this is a guy who I've, I've praised this year. I think he's been really good. Sean Walker. I think he's had a really good year. He's been awful on the power play. However, there was a time in this game and it sticks in my head because it was just such a bad play. So the Flyers, the, the, the Rangers clear the puck. Walker's got the puck in the neutral zone. There's still three Flyers coming back. They're still trapped in the offensive zone. They're trying to get back on side. And Walker, instead of, he's got the puck on his stick in the neutral zone. What you should do in that play is, hey, let's keep the puck. I'm going to regroup. I'm going to spin back around, wait for my guys to get back on side, and then make an actual attempt to gain the zone. Whether it's on a dump-in, whether it's on a carry-in, I'm keeping the puck. What does Walker do? Those three guys are still in the zone, and Walker just throws it right back in the offensive zone. Like, there's no way that entry is going to work. And what happens? The Rangers collect the puck, and then they kill 20 seconds off the power play by passing it back and forth to each other behind the net. And it's just like, number one, it's why Sean Walker shouldn't be on the power play. But number two, it's just it's emblematic of everything that's wrong with this power play in that they just don't have a plan. They don't know what the hell they're doing. Like, that's such a brainless play that just burns, you know, 20% of the power play right there that you didn't have to do. All you have to do is circle back around, wait for your players to get back on side, and come up with a play. And instead, it's like, no, I got to get the puck back in as quickly as possible, toss it in, and then there's 20 seconds gone. Yeah, the Flyers might not have a plan on the power play, Charlie, but everyone listening and watching right now should have a Black Friday plan, and it should start at phlylocker.com because right now it is Black Friday, 25% off the entire store, and if you spend $75 or more, you get a $15 gift card for future use, and I got to tell you guys, I need you to support PHLY Flyers. I need you to go on to PHLYLocker.com and you need to buy a ton of those charcoal flyer shirts. But if you're looking for uh, maybe a little Eagles gear, there's a ton of new releases on the PHLY Locker store as well. Uh, lots of good stuff. We have, <laughs> I love the. Uh, Fletcher Cox in a PHLY shirt being its own shirt. I think that's that's really fun. Uh, but uh, you can see the It's a Philly Thing shirt. I think that's a real that's a real neat looking one. A lot of new designs up. So if you haven't checked out our store in a while, you can do so right now. 25% off, but I am begging you. I am begging all of you. Go to phlylocker.com. Buy the Bobby Clark shirt. Make it our number one seller so we can actually have a second shirt available on this store. That would be tremendous. If we could double our available inventory, uh, the way to do that is you support us, and then we'll give you more options so you can continue spending money on us. You see how it works? All right, Charlie. That's um, how it works. It's uh, it's Black Friday. Last night was Thanksgiving. Um, I just got to know what was the what was your favorite thing you ate last night? Uh, what was my favorite thing I ate last night? I, I actually so I am not a big turkey guy. Never have been. Had some turkey. It was fine. But I did go out to dinner um, in Rittenhouse, and the uh, the the top meal was the sea bass. Is Mediterranean sea bass fantastic? Oh. 
That sounds real, real nice, quite honestly. Uh, my my thing is that my thing is with Thanksgiving is Thanksgiving is about engorging yourself on food. It doesn't have to be the food. It doesn't have to be turkey. It just has to be good food. And if good food is something else that isn't a traditional Thanksgiving food, who cares? The point is to eat too much. The point is not to force yourself to eat too much of food that you think is only okay. No, I fully agree. I think a lot of traditional Thanksgiving food wildly overrated. Uh, that's why I have finally worn my parents down to the point where, yes, there's a turkey, obviously, uh, but they of also course. make a prime rib because Bill throws enough of a fit about turkey tasting like napkins <laughs> every year that there should be some like actually good meat. So that was dope. Had some lobster bisque that was spot on as well. Uh, Charlie, nice. do we have anything else about this game that you want to get to? Because not a ton for this one for me. Just like I'm disappointed. I really hope they come out tomorrow. My Delorier thing like. I say it and then think, well, there's a, I mean, there's probably a 0% chance he comes out of the lineup regardless, but there is just no yeah. way he comes out ahead of the Islanders who are exactly. the one team. Like they have the fourth line. You might actually just need a goon against like you, you might actually need the Laurier in the lineup tomorrow, but do you see any other potential lineup changes happening? Whether it be Zamula stall frost coming back in, do you have an indication? I know torts didn't tell you anything because he's never going to, but do you think there's a possibility of some changes? Yeah, I, I look to me. And again, I'm not Tortorella. I don't have a, a hatred for this guy that he has. But like to me, it's it's logical. You put Morgan Frost back in. Like you scored one goal. You've lost your last two games. Get the guy back in who presumably helps you score goals. I, I, to me, that's it's not it's not rocket science. It's kind of a no brainer. Now, will he do it? I don't know. He's John Tortorella. He has a bug up his ass with Morgan Frost. But like Morgan Frost should be back in tomorrow. Maybe they look at it and they say, oh, well, you know, he doesn't play a heavy enough game to play against the Islanders. Well, whatever game they tried playing against him on Wednesday didn't work, so maybe try something new. I think Frost should go back in. I don't – I would be surprised if Belpedio comes back in. I actually thought, to be honest, the Stahl-Zamula pairing was fine. It was significantly better than it was on Wednesday, which when it was a, a dumpster fire. I thought the Stahl-Zamula pairing was decent. It was pe it was passable. Didn't do anything that that made me want to pull my hair out. So, but it was fine. And if Rastaris line is still not clear to to return, then I guess you just roll with the same defense core. But I absolutely find a way to get Frost back in, hundred percent. All right, Charlie, uh, thank you for dropping in today. You can uh, finish up your Capital J journalism and then go enjoy your Friday night. That is Philadelphia's number one beat reporter, Charlie O'Connor, joining us from the Wells Fargo Center following the Flyers' 3-1 to one loss to the New York Oh, Rangers. and, and one, more one more thing, everybody. Uh, watch party tomorrow, New Wave. Please join us. It would be great to see everybody. Be there or be square, as the kids say. Uh, it, I don't. I don't think. I don't think they say that anymore. But yeah, tomorrow live from the New Wave Cafe, you can join us for Flyers Islanders festivities. Start around six o'clock down there. Uh, we're gonna be. Uh, we're gonna be hanging out, Charlie and I, for the duration of the game. And it was confirmed to me today we are going to be able to do our post-game show live from the New Wave Cafe. So make sure you hang out uh, after the game so you can watch us do that, watch us do our thing after Flyers Islanders tomorrow. Uh, we're gonna be 
we're going to be doing our best, and hopefully we're going to be looking our best at that live watch party. If you're trying to look your best, all you got to do is shop at FOCO, baby, because FOCO has the absolute best officially licensed gear for all sports and fandoms. Whether you're looking for team apparel for the season ahead, they've got overalls, hoodies, hats, sunglasses, bags, anything you need for game day, or maybe you're in the market for some uh, accessories, toys, or collectibles for your man cave, she shed, or podcast set, you've got to use FOCO for all your team gear needs. FOCO has our back for Philly sports, and they have yours too. Get the best gear around by using the link in the description of this show for all non-presale items use promo code PHLY10 for 10% off that's promo code PHLY10 go to foco i told you all before i was i've been searching for something to replace uh the my spotlighted item uh from the fall which was the overalls specifically the fills overalls but they have these awesome reversible hoodie blankets they look they're called hoodies eez uh they have a couple different ones they're very cool look very cozy i think those are going to be our uh, our hit item from foco so go check those out over there and uh maybe check out their black friday deals as well i don't have a ton more else on this game either i think charlie put it well like this is just this is just who they're going to be, and it's disappointing. Hopefully they come out with a bit more jam against the Islanders tomorrow. I think after the game that they played against the Isles on Wednesday, and then today there was you know some frustration mounting, definitely a physical game. I think we have a high possibility of shit show hockey tomorrow with the Islanders. I think there's going to be a few fights. I think this could be a much more entertaining game than you expect against the New York Islanders typically. So I hope to see you all at the new wake new wave cafe tomorrow, starting at six o'clock Four flyers Isles. That'll do it for me. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for hanging out. If you haven't already, you got to hit that subscribe button. Search, I almost said search Broad Street Hockey. Search PHLY Flyers wherever you get your podcast. Make sure you're subscribed right here on the YouTube channel so you never miss a live show. Follow us on Twitter at PHLY underscore Flyers. And make sure you take advantage of our 25% off Black Friday deal at PHLYLocker.com. My name is Bill Matz. Thank you to Charlie O'Connor. Happy Thanksgiving, Philly. (laughs) 